Hey, this is Amy. And this is Sarah, and you're listening to the Unqualified Therapist Sync. Welcome back, everyone. We had so many positive reviews and messages about our last podcast. So we are so happy that you enjoyed that. I was talking to Sarah and I was like, I don't know. What is it? Can we repeat that? I know. And and I'm wondering, and you guys can tell us if this is true or not, but I feel like everybody, and this is no offense to anyone, but I think in life, we all want a happy ending. Yeah. And so many people were invested in my story which was tragic. And then to see that I have this happy ending. Yeah. Perhaps that was it. I'm not sure. Mike is going <laughs> to come on to our next one again because he feels like he needs to redeem himself because he said he's a Yenser Valley girl. <laughs> and he said, I am so concerned that people think he fell in love with a dummy. Oh, <laughs> my. He's not. He's like, he he's super not. smart. It's just when you are listening to yourself for the first time, you, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's you difficult. hear it's difficult. But we appreciate your support and we hope that you'll stick around for all the other stories we have to share and the people that we know who are reaching out to us to share their stories. And then we're going to like tonight, give you some information, uh, giving you um, some new tools to work through some of the stuff that's going on in our lives, Mm -hmm. help yourself grow and figure out what kind of people is best for you to be around. Yeah. So uh, we appreciate that very much. We do. I I can't even believe that we have some patrons on Patreon. Yes, we do. (laughs) Which means there's only, that means those are the only people out there that have heard our two, Uh really what I'd like to think, fabulous bonus episodes. Agreed. Because they're so raw. Yes. And honest. And I feel like even if you're my closest friend, you probably haven't heard me say mm-hmm. these things. Same here. We we let loose. <laughs> we really do. We got talking and it was just everything came flowing out. So you guys don't want to miss yeah. um, that because if you have some whacked out crazy thoughts in your head, I can guarantee you we said them and you won't feel alone. You will not because <laughs> we let it all go. And I I don't know. I just felt like it was time to say those things out loud. And I want to say them out loud. And Sarah wants to say them out loud so that we put them into existence and you feel like they're not so scary. Yeah. So, yeah. So you can do that by going to patreon.com slash unqualified therapists inc and i have her say it because i have it in my notes for some reason i cannot remember (laughs) that every time i go to tag it so we have two patrons two patrons we want to shout them out first is our highest tier we have our warrior mike yeah baby so we want to say thank you to mike i don't know if you guys know who that is no just kidding He's so supportive. He's so supportive in such a strong and big way. Like he's just. I would have sent him those on the down low anyways, but he was like, here's your first patron. Oh my gosh. And we were like, we have a patron. Oh, it's Mike. And we're like, oh my gosh. That is so amazing. So amazing. Mm -hmm. And then shout out to our second patron, uh, Shayna, who is one of our mindful mates. Yes. So, um, and she has given us a lot of shout outs on social media. And I appreciate that so much. Really, it just feels good to know that someone's enjoying this and it's meaning something to people yes. and that it's it's helping them in some small way, even if it's just to laugh at us. <laughs> with us. With us. With. 
No, it's okay. They can laugh at us. So thank you, Shayna. You rock. Yes. Thank you so much. So, oh, girl, how has your week been? I guess I'm back into like the whole grave thing, right? Yeah. So I, I don't really remember this week. I can't even tell you. I have been trying to spend as much time with my grandfather as possible. We came together this weekend. I saw you made your grandma's recipe. Yeah, we made kibby. Kibby. That was it. Yeah. We did. And, um, and he approved. And he approved. I think he would have said that no matter what. But... <laughs> We made it, and I, I will say there were moments in the kitchen going through drawers or even a cabinet or something, or when I was washing dishes, and I just, like, it hit me really hard yeah. that, like, she just wasn't going to be there. And the way that she died is so similar to Scott in a sense where it's just, like, you're here one day and not the and next. Not, yeah. So right. there's no Very illness. Sudden. There's no anything that's, like, lingering so I can know this is coming. This is just, like, you're making spaghetti sauce, and tomorrow you're not here. Yeah. But it was really healing for me and I think my cousins and my mom and my sister to be together doing what she loved best. And it is hard shit. Is it? Oh my goodness. And I wish I really, we should have done this when she was here so we could tell her how much we appreciate it because I mean, it it's so labor intensive. Really? I've had kibby, but I've it's, never made I it. I mean, it's so labor intensive. And the only thing I can think is that it was meditative to her. And I also mm. think it's how she loved us. Yeah. Because um, at every holiday, she always made sure we had Lebanese food, yeah. which is just all very challenging to make. Yeah. Um, and so that's my favorite. Yes. It's so good. We were talking about earlier, just being in that sort of situation is draining. So I feel mm -hmm. drained. I feel, yeah, I just feel like a little bit spent. Mm -hmm. And I don't really see any end in sight because I just canceled my tickets to Florida. I was so excited to go visit oh, my mom. Oh, no. But it's just with my yeah. grandma dying, it just isn't the right time. So I have nothing, literally nothing to look forward to except recording this podcast. <laughs> um, so thank you guys again for letting yeah, us do this. Thank you. I'm listening. Keep listening. Please. <sighs> How about you? You're helping us as much as we're helping you. Amen. I am cabin fever like, whoa. Yeah. That's where I am right now because it's settling in big time. I have left the house twice in a month. Oh, my gosh. Today was one of those, and I'm exhausted. <laughs> mm -hmm. I saw my mom today. It's like muscle memory. You got to get back is, into it. It is. And so I'm just, I think I want to get out and I want to leave the house, but then I don't because when I go out, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is I know. a lot. I know. And I think also that you and I are both highly sensitive people. So we taken a lot of people's energies and it's mm -hmm. exhausting regardless to go out on top of that not being out for a month right and not being used to it it's like way overstimulation like yeah the system i i was definitely experiencing some anxiety um being out yeah. not so much going to my mom's because we were in the car and in her house and in the car again and that was right. it i went out the other day grocery shopping and i was like why are there so many people here <laughs> Well, I'm surprised at that. I was at the Dollar Tree to grab some things Lily needed for her wrapping of presents. And mm -hmm. I was like, and I, I was rude as hell. I was like, apparently we don't socially distance over here. Oh, it was bad. I mean, they were like up my butt. Yeah, was it like, was back bad. up because in a normal day, I want you to back up. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want anyone that close to me. Yeah. Avery wanted to go get Lily a, a gift today. And so I was like, Aww. I was like, well, here's what mom can handle. <laughs> And so he was like, what are we going to do? I was like, you know how you've always wanted to go to the Hallmark store? Yeah. So we pull into Cassie Village. He goes, Cassie Village is in our backyard. And I was like, yep, yep. 
He's like, that was close. And I was like, mm-hmm. and that's as far as we're going. I was like, we will buy something overpriced at the Hallmark store because I cannot handle it. He's like, he wanted to go to Target. I was like, no, on a Sunday no. before Christmas? Heck no. Heck no. That's just asking for trouble. Yeah. 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 I think that, you know, it's a mix of cabin fever and just not also wanting to really be around that many people. I don't know. Yeah. Ignore my children running upstairs. You can hear every pounding footstep. Yeah. Well... Guys, I am so super stoked about this episode. I know. Me too. (laughs) I am very, very excited. We'll get into like why this is a topic that's really interesting to me and why I love it so much. Yeah. So when I saw that a friend of mine from, um, let me introduce you first. I don't believe she can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe she lives in Colorado anymore, but we lived in Colorado at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I know her from there and then have kept up with her just on Instagram. And I noticed that she was really into the Enneagram and she's going to tell us all about her background and how that happened. So this is Leah Everson and she is, I'm not sure how to explain, I don't know what your title is. Uh, yeah, my title is Enneagram Coach. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I've never heard of yeah. it. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. I hadn't heard of it either until a couple of years ago. And when I first heard of it, I was immediately enthralled and was wondering, is that something I can even do? Is that something that's feasible for me? And really about a year ago was when I said I want to do this and had to, and just chose to dive in. So Yes, dive in, dive in. So (laughs) where did- The pandemic pushed me off of the dive (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, what were you saying? I was just asking, where did you hear about it? It was through social media, I think. And then also- had been following um, Typology Podcast with Ian Cron. And so I knew he did it and just didn't really know what it it took and if I had what it took. So um, it was last, I think, January when I started asking online, like, y'all think I can do this? (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Not that I'm looking for everyone's approval or anything, but um, it's an issue. And (laughs) and so (laughs) it was that, that my husband just really was supportive and in making sure that I, I signed up. So to take a course and, and to get the certification. That's fantastic. So have you always been interested in the Enneagram? Uh, From about four years ago, yes. I learned about it. It had to have been 11, 10 or 11 years ago, I think, uh, when I first heard about it. And at the time, I was really into the Myers-Briggs. Yes. And the Enneagram, I I had actually been trained by a mentor in seminary because I have a, a master's degree from Denver Seminary. And I had been trained in Myers-Briggs. And so he really taught me a lot. And I kept trying to make Myers-Briggs and Enneagram fit together. And when they didn't very easily, I thought, well, Enneagram can't be real or (laughs) whatnot. And I also was typed wrong initially with Enneagram types. And so it didn't fit. Like it just didn't make sense. Um, so it just took a lot more learning to make it make sense and actually a lot more need for the Enneagram in my life that made it more interesting. We went through a lot of loss in a very short period of time um, and I felt like I was upside down mm-hmm. um, and didn't really understand myself anymore all of a sudden. And that's when I started seeking the Enneagram. 
that was about four years ago. That's a bit of my story. Wow. So for the people that are listening that are like, okay, what the hell are you guys talking yeah, about? Yeah. I yes. guess we should probably give like <laughs> Let's explain the, the very generic definition yes. and then we'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So generic definition, it's a personality typing system and Enneagram just means nine picture in Latin. If you've seen the Enneagram picture, it's just a circle with the nine types all around it. And there's a bunch of lines connecting different types to each other. And that's the picture. Okay. I did see that. And I didn't know that that was connecting the types. Is that, a, is that significant? Um, as you go further into the Enneagram, it is significant. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many questions. I know. <laughs> so there's nine types. And mm-hmm. so how do most people find their type? Yeah. Often people find it by taking a test. Tests can be very definitive, but about 75% of people can find their type that way. And then the rest of us have to kind of sift through it and make some discernment on our own. Yeah. Um, like I said, I typed wrong. I typed on my stress path and I was very stressed mm. <laughs> when I took the test. Uh, yes. yeah. And and so those lines that connect that I just mentioned, you travel towards one or another type in stress. So I typed as a two and I'm actually a four. Yeah, because there's a, the, it goes off into stress and growth, right? Yeah. There's like two ways you can go. Yeah. Okay. So Leah, I'm a four and my stress is a two. Yes. So when you're in stress, is that for the same for on. everybody? Like, is that for all fours or all fours yes. stress a two? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know if that was like. Yeah. So you'll take on, in stress, you'll take on some of the more negative or immature characteristics of a two uh-huh. when you are stressed out. I thought we were like, like a unicorns that found each other, you know? Well, well, not, no, I did tell her and, and I know that we're jumping the gun here. We got to go back to, to describing. Oh, absolutely. One. But yeah. I still want to say, I did say this, that a four is pretty rare. Am I correct in saying that? That's- that's correct. Cool. Uh, fours are considered the most rare and odd. Uh, yeah, you are a unicorn. We are unicorns. Are yes. Yes. And I think you, I think fours are either drawn to each other or repelled from each other. And we can talk about why oh, later. Wow. Um, oh, yeah. I love and that. then um, actually sixes and nines are sometimes considered the most common, mm. but not everybody agrees on that. There isn't actually hard data. This is all based off of pe- people who've done this for a long time and the people that they come in contact with, that sort of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, so totally. uh, there's lots of different ways to kind of define the types, but what is it that you want to know about? So I think there's so many people who have that who know nothing. So maybe if we could do like, I know there's so many and I have so many questions once we get past the general nine, but maybe we could do like a little tidbit on each one. Absolutely. And it's really easy to just end up getting talking too much. So I want to just keep me short if I go on too long. Um, This is is fascinating to me. So, I mean, I could do like a part two and be fine with it because (laughs) this is so interesting. Anytime I see anything that's available to read or, or to like take a class on, I do. So anyways, go. Absolutely. I understand. So the, the ways I like to address it is really through um, the way your Enneagram coach does it. And that's who I was trained with, your Enneagram coach. And we look mostly at the core motivations of each type uh, because characteristics, if you look at just the external characteristics, one type can look like another. Someone who's a one could look like a six or a seven. So we have to look at what's going on on the inside. And that's where um, if someone's not sure about what type they are as well, they can say, oh yes, that is really what's driving my behavior. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's actually like a big eye-opening thing for a lot so, of people. I know I keep it. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, that's again, fine. Please do. But 
Is it true, this is in the last class I took, they mentioned that when you get there and you see that motivation and you cringe that like you kind of know that that's you? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, unfortunately. I'm just waiting for I'm waiting for someone to tell me like it's wrong. And I'm like, I'm not a one anymore. Yes. <laughs> I just don't want to be anymore. <laughs> because I, I hate ones. And so do I hate myself? I don't even know. Oh. But anyway, yeah. So I don't hate no, it. Unfortunately, no. it is true because it's just it's oh someone's cringe me. You're calling yeah. me out. Yeah. Yes. And and unfortunately, I think there's so much negativity surrounding some of the Enneagram language. Like I really desire to change some of that, but I'm just starting. Um, so I'm gonna Until try to book comes to, out, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, someday. Yes. <laughs> um, so I will try to highlight some of the positives as well for each type. Okay, because we that's fine. You can each keep other. it real too. It's all good. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll do both. So core motivations we're really gonna focus on are the core fears and core desires for each type, what we are avoiding and what we want the most and what we think will fix it, what we think will make us okay. Oh yeah. So <laughs> ones are often called, and they're all just clarified. Most of the time we just refer to people as their number, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, but there are some titles people give. So a one is often called a moral perfectionist. Huh. Ones are characterized by this internal moral compass that there's right and wrong in the world and kind of tend to have a black and white worldview. They also have an internal yes, critic, an internal critic who's always talking and never says anything nice to <laughs> nice yourself. Like it's never kind. So it's really hard, um, I think, to be a one, just the constant self-berating talk. Um, so their core fear is to be wrong or bad or imperfect. And they will avoid being wrong or bad at all costs. Yeah. And they desire to be good and to be right. Sometimes I will hear, <laughs> what is the right way to do this? What's the right way to be? And this can bring out some great things. They can be very orderly, be appropriate, be ethical, and conscientious of other people. And they also, and this is what I love about ones, are constantly moving to correct the injustices in the world. Yes. Which, yes. Yes. There's a, there's a point, and I just experienced this, honest to God, right before I got on this call, I came in hot to Sarah's house mm. and I was just heated about something. And that's exactly what it was. It was an injustice that it wasn't even happening to me. Yeah. And it was, it made me so mad. And I was like having physical like reaction. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. And this happens to me daily. I get so yeah. upset over such things, whether it's affecting me or not. Yeah. I, I do too. I get like I ragey. Get yes. Like ragey. ragey. Yes. Yeah. It fills my whole body. Yeah. <gasps> and you know what I've heard Amy say a bunch of times is give me some rules and I'll follow them. Yeah. So otherwise, that... otherwise I'm breaking all the fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> like either tell me and everybody follows them. Yeah. All the same yeah. or I'm not doing it. Yeah. And the pandemic is insane right now yes. in the way it's been handled. Yes. I yes. think ones must be going crazy just because there are recommendations, mm -hmm. That's but no rules. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> So you've already affirmed this. Okay. So that would be a one thing to say right now. Oh, man. So unfortunately, there's also a core weakness with each type for one that is resentment or rep repressed anger. So oftentimes because there's often this worldview that is right or wrong, anger is considered wrong. And mm -hmm. so ones will often repress their anger mm -hmm. and they won't show it to the world, but they'll turn it inward. And it can be really, really difficult, but also it can come out as like nitpicky fault finding mm -hmm. people 
and highly critical of other people mm, yeah. if it's not managed well. So, yeah, I, I think the I think the move towards justice is so admirable, and we absolutely need that in this world. It's a big burden to bear. Oh, show. That's me. That's you. Uh, so the two, if we don't mind moving on. No, yeah. please do. Please do. I love I love knowing your type, though. I would love to come back to a little bit more about that. Yeah. That would be great. Own, even if we don't do it on the podcast another time. But uh, two, the supportive advisor or sometimes called the helper. Mm-hmm. So twos are very warm and thoughtful people. They have a desire to care for others, but they have this hidden motive because they don't believe that they can be loved unless they are loving. So there is this fear of being rejected or unwanted. And so they love and show love to other people in order to receive love in return. I feel uh, that hard. Mm-hmm. yeah I do um, that's my that's my was my second highest score was a two but it was like is another question we have like way behind be one <laughs> yeah because well it was way behind because I was 99% of four and then I was like 75% of two yeah I saw that um your results so you're most oh, yeah. likely a four but the line does draw to two so you can um have some of the same motivations but whichever one's the primary motivation for you even if you had that 99% Four, you could be a two and the test was just wrong. So mm-hmm. um, we can, you can definitely review that as we go through this. Two is often also, I wanted to say they struggle to ask for help. They're always the helper and can sometimes even struggle to understand their own feelings, but they're very, very in tune to other people's feelings, but maybe don't know their own feelings. The core weakness of a two, this feels really odd for a two in my opinion, but the core weakness is pride. Because they have a real trouble seeing their good deeds as their hidden motives. So they have a real hard time seeing that they're doing it for themselves. Yeah. And think it's all for the other person. Yeah. If that helps. They're often people pleasers um, because they want to make sure everybody else is happy so that they are okay. Yeah. I don't know that I'm a people pleaser though. I don't think you're a two. I know people that are straight that that makes a lot of sense. So um, they can be, if they're really, really unhealthy, they won't even recognize that they have anything wrong with them. (laughs) Which is Well, probably because they're doing so many good deeds and helping people so much. They're like, I'm fine. I'm amazing. I'm fine. Yeah. But other people in their life might say, "Uh, I feel like I'm being manipulated. And I feel like um, I've seen it play out and and the people around them know what's happening. And it can be very uh, murder-ish. Yeah. And do you feel like they need to be needed? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But a healthy two can definitely be there for other people and shows up and will bring the casserole and will be the one making sure everyone's okay, which is wonderful. In an unhealthy two, do you feel like you expect something in return or expect a specific sort of gratitude or thanks? Yeah. Yeah. There will definitely be, you will hear from a two if you're not showing that gratitude. Uh, Gotcha. And that appreciation. Definitely not a two then. All right. So type three is the successful achiever. Type threes are efficient and accomplished. They are motivating and driven. They are also very aware of what other people are feeling, but they're trying to make sure those feelings are good about them. And so they kind of perform and rise to people's expectations so that they look like they're the best in the room. The core fear for a three is to be seen as unsuccessful or to be seen as a failure. And so they are constantly seeking after being admired and valued for what they do. Mm-hmm. And threes often have a, a lot of trouble distinguishing what they do from who they are and can become workaholics because everything is focused on what they are doing 
yeah or uh, okay. what how they are working and their accomplishments mm-hmm. um and they're and really it's it's their their whole identity is wrapped up in that and so if there's any failure or people aren't appreciating them then there's a real loss a lot is lost there so the weakness for a three is deceit because they'll put so much emphasis on how other people view them. They will kind of shine it up, make it look good in order to be praised and to win other people over. Mm. Wow. So you might um, consider that they're kind of wearing a mask might come across as fake yeah, because they don't want anybody to actually see what's going on inside. Hmm. So the growth for a three is to remove that mask and allow feelings to come out and to be vulnerable and really when they are, when they are more vulnerable and authentic, it's very, um, they can end up becoming incredibly motivating for others and inspiring for others yeah. because they're really great communicators and really great at, I guess, salesy stuff. But if it's done from an authentic place, mm-hmm. right, that's really inspiring. That, yeah. So I've known a lot of threes. I mean, I think if we don't try to type other people, but I've known a lot of threes who can get lost in that deceit and then other ones when they really break out of it it's incredible what they can do yeah cool that's interesting that is very i know interesting. i can think of a lot of unhealthy threes but <laughs> moving on nitpicking <laughs> moving on all right so four is coming to fours uh, these are sometimes called the romantic individualist they are authentic creative expressive and deep Fours can really descend into deep feelings. They're the deepest feelers on the Enneagram and um, need to take a lot of time to process their feelings. I'm a four. I can spend two hours journaling if you let me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just spend time there. They often also can sit in just the, the harder feelings that most people won't. Yeah, I sit in them for in. too long sometimes. Yes, that can become a problem. Is just yeah. embracing the melancholy until we spiral yeah. and... Yeah can't see the this light anymore so a core fear for a four though is is being insignificant or seen mm-hmm. as inadequate yeah and fours often think that like the internal message they might hear is that there's something wrong with me yep. it's so it's this fear that they are insignificant but there's also a belief that they are insignificant mm-hmm. um, and so to kind of overcome that or to avoid that they seek out significance and seek out being unique sometimes yeah it might look like girl yeah just desiring you got it. So on the nose. So on the nose. Some fours will just try to be known. If I am known now, then I will be okay. Like you can understand my feelings. Yeah. Then I will be okay. So a four, a four also struggles with their core weakness, which is envy and mm-hmm. constant comparison and believing that everybody else has what I do not have. Yeah. And they are doing better or more successful in life than me because they have that missing piece that I can't find. And so that's tough because if we're always believing we don't have it, then Then we're never going to find it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a four, so I I really empathize with other fours. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. It's interesting, though. I do see that more people are drawn to me who are those deeper feelers. Yeah. And who needs someone to listen because of my ability to just sit with that. I'm pretty sure, I can't remember figure out it was a four or seven, but I am pretty sure Scott is a four, was a four because mm-hmm. all of that just describes him so much. And I always say mm-hmm. how much you remind me yeah. of him in that way, that, that all the things you're saying, those deep feelings and then the inadequacies. And yeah, 
I mean, I've used with my therapist, I've used the word defective in almost every <laughs> sense, like every session with her. I feel defective. I feel like there's something wrong with me, like constantly and constant, mm-hmm. you know, worthiness, struggle and all that jazz. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And if you added like a core belief to these core motivations, I think that would be one of the core beliefs for a four is one of those messages that we picked up throughout life, whether it's true or not is another thing. Yeah. But it's one of the things that drive us and motivate us is just this belief that there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. So that's know. a four. Yeah. I don't know much about five. I'm interested. Sure. Sure. So the five, they are right next to the four on the circle, of the Enneagram, but they couldn't be any more different in so many ways. The five is the investigative thinker where the four sits in their feelings. The five sits in their thoughts all day long. Uh, Fives are very perceptive, insightful, intelligent. They can be emotionally detached because they are so focused on their thoughts. They will research ad nauseum (laughs) on whatever is at hand. So They are the ones that will take forever to make a decision because they are constantly researching whatever needs to be known. They're, you know, in the age of information that can go on forever. Oh my gosh. Like you Um, will never do anything. Holy. Yeah. It's interesting. The five fears being perceived as incompetent or being a problem. They don't want to invade on others or have energy drawn from them. And so they will research and try to find all the answers so that they are not a problem for someone else. If I can be and have all of the knowledge, then I will be enough for those around me. And so Ah. they've taken on this message that they are going to be needy. Like it's not okay for them to be needy or have needs. So they overcompensate for that with all of this knowledge and, and investigation. Hmm. Um, They also have a very low supply of energy and the same amount of energy every day. Like there is no recharge on the battery in the middle of the day. It's like, you can see it kind of dwindle down, 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 and then it's gone. And then they start out the day with the same amount of energy the next day. And it's lower than any other type on the Enneagram. Hmm. I have no energy, so I'm just... In the last class I took, it said that Einstein was a five. I wonder if that's true or not. Because they told us like famous people for each one. Sure. Absolutely. And I like to do that too. Uh, What's hard is we just don't know for sure that motivation is he. It's just a five is so interesting. Absolutely. I don't think I know any fives. Well, and the thing is, there's not going to be a lot of famous ones because they are so low energy. They're not going to put themselves out there as much. Yeah. Like, I think it's a lot harder to peg a five um, in in fame I guess means right 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 because of that their core desire again is to be knowledgeable and capable competent and self-deficient their weakness is really interesting so a five's weakness would is called greed or hoarding but it's not necessarily physical things it's information um, it's information exactly and if it is physical things it's not like trying to get more of it it's just holding on to what they already have because there's this this fear of lack and fear of not having enough and so they're just going to keep trying to get more huh. of those things that they feel like they need huh. yeah any questions on them or anybody oh else i'm just far? trying to think if i know i guess i don't know any fives maybe i don't like that's not someone that maybe i'm attracted to so i don't you know what i mean don't yeah absolutely spend time with fictional fives i mean if you think of who's that guy on a uh, big bang theory sheldon yeah. I don't know. He could be a five. He could, yeah, he could just be like a five. Detached, yeah. Yeah. detached emotionally. Um, very, they struggle socially, okay. very intelligent. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that's describes Sheldon on Big Bang yeah. Theory for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a caricature of yeah. her. So right, right, right. I love that show. <laughs> I do too. It's very fun. Okay, so sixes are the loyal guardians. They are committed, responsible, faithful, and often suspicious. Actually, they they just struggle with fear. So their core fear is fear. They fear the future. They often spend a lot of time worrying about the future and imagine worst case scenarios. They don't trust themselves, actually, which is interesting. Mm. Um, they have a lot of trouble discerning what's the right way forward. While the one has that inner voice that's just <laughs> negative, a six will have this <laughs> inner committee of voices that are telling them different things. Okay. Like, there's all these different options in front of them and they don't know which one's right. And it's really difficult. Like, it sounds really hard to me. I think um, my husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep going. I'm yeah. sorry. No, that's okay. I, I would love to hear more about why. <laughs> uh, but they, their desire is for safety and security and to be supported in all things. They need to know that they are safe. And in order to find that, sixes will latch on to a group of people in order to find their spot within the group. Um, so this could be a faith community. It could be their family it could be a political party. It could be their neighborhood. It, whatever it is, it's, it's like, this is my people. Here's my spot in it. And now I'm going to be okay. And they often mistrust authority and like the typical establishment, mm-hmm. believing that those people are in things for themselves. But at the same time, mm-hmm. they're looking for leadership and will find a leader within their group. Mm-hmm. And will just rely on that leader because they don't trust themselves. So they're looking for someone else to tell them what to do. Yeah. Um, in order to find that safety and security. The core weakness for a six is anxiety, just in this constant imagining of the worst that's going to happen oh. and anticipating the worst Yeah. of all things. Um, there's just a great deal of anxiety there. Um, there's a lot of sixes. Sixes can be very, very funny as well because they can laugh at themselves and kind of see what's silly. Uh, but there is that great deal of insecurity. Interesting. Absolutely. Because my husband is hilarious, but a lot of people won't see that for like a year. Oh yeah. Cause he's just, he's, he's so insecure mm. that he just kind of holds back and he'll observe the group. And then he'll find, like you said, find his place within that group. Then he's, mm-hmm. he's good. We had to have so many conversations when we were dating because I was like, man, you are like a negative Nancy dude. I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> and I was like, you've got to start to, and I, I hate when people are like, just think positive. But it was like retraining his brain to be like, not everything is going to end in disaster. Yeah. Like it's going to be okay. So you have to like show examples, like this turned out great. And this turned out great. Reminders. Yeah. Like reminders. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. He's like, okay. And he has anxiety really bad. He Mm. wants to be secure, but he also wants to be the one to provide the security and safety as well. Oh, absolutely. It's along with the six, but Mm -hmm. And and um, if we talk about wings, we'll talk about that later. But the five is right next to that, and I mean both of those, just that longing for safety and security, and what where you find it, mm-hmm. um, trying to provide for it versus depending on others. Yeah, there could be a mix between a six and a five there with him, from what I'm hearing. But I don't know. I don't know him very yeah. well. You know him better. I mean, I don't know him at all. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, sixes are also incredibly loyal people. Like once you're with them, mm-hmm. they are there, like yeah. to yeah. the end. That's right. And yeah, he's very uh, loyal. So they're wonderful people, like to have on your side. But he's also very. Once you wrong him, that's it. Like there's no. Yeah. Like he's not. He's not good or big on second chances. I have to like talk sure. him into it. I'm like, mm-hmm. just give this person another chance. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. the intention wasn't to do this and he's basically mm-hmm. like i don't know he's like if they're is that not gonna... the trust and security thing i wonder i you know, think like if they've broken that broken yeah. that yeah um, i would think so because if you're afraid of the future then yeah yeah he's like well i'm not gonna again. let that happen again mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. bye <laughs> yeah absolutely i think that's yeah i think that's par <laughs> for a six unfortunately i feel like i have more i have more to say i could say on all of these but just for time's sake let's go to seven <laughs> so seven is the entertaining optimist these are playful excitable versatile people they're typically like a life of a party they walk in and everybody kind of expects them to be fun because they are they just are they bring um they cope with fear like they have fear too but they cope with it with optimism whereas a six does with pessimism a seven's like everything's going to be great like (laughs) yeah so during uh quarantine i don't know if you listened to the last one but or um i almost said scott that's funny that's okay that's mike and i were talking a lot on the phone and uh facetiming we had a lot of time together so we took the enneagram and we just like dove into it he is a seven through and through all right. And so sometimes when he's annoying me, I'm like, oh my God, seven, shut up. <laughs> you know, like trying to fix shit or being positive or happy. I'm just like, it is not happy right now. There is injustice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there is injustice in the world. There is injustice. Everything's wrong today. No, yeah, everything <laughs> is wrong. <laughs> I was going to say, so let's go to their motivation, why they are that way, why they choose that. So a fear of a seven is actually being deprived or bored, like fear of missing Mm. out on something. They are afraid that they're not going to be satisfied because their core desire is to be happy. That's Mm -hmm. what they're going to choose. No matter (laughs) they're going to pursue happiness over anything else. Right. So happiness is the first priority for a seven Uh, and they're afraid and they avoid missing out on happiness. So unfortunately that leads to their weakness, which is can be gluttony and not necessarily food gluttony but just more of everything trying to fill like an internal emptiness with external things with experiences with uh, more stimulation Mm -hmm. with people um whatever it is they're gonna deal with feeling kind of empty with filling that up rather than dealing with it Mm -hmm. i mean they can deal with it they can i think they often think they can't but that is so what's a healthy like a healthy seven then I think a healthy seven moves to five. Let me double check that. With yes. the researcher. So the researcher. So just um, becoming more thoughtful, mm-hmm. being able to just sit with things a little bit more. Mm-hmm. They can also access the healthy side of one. Mm-hmm. So they can also access that healthy side of caring about ethics and injustices, um, becoming more aware. Um, but just that sobriety that a five brings like yeah fives and sevens are very different that way um but they can bring more thoughtfulness and they they need that because sevens are super creative and visionary but they need like the ability to stop and think through through things in order to get it done yes. otherwise it's just like moving on from one project to the next without it's finishing. like one big idea that's amazing to another big idea that's amazing yes no steps to get <laughs> to the end or to the middle or to start the damn thing 
Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And oftentimes sevens are really great at starting things. Like they'll be the people who start a company, but they're not necessarily <laughs> the one you're going to have long-term. Like right. they're going to start it and then they're going to move on and start another one. And that's just, but that's what they're good at. So maybe we kind of need to let them do that. Yeah. The problem can be actually doing the work because they don't want to be unhappy. Oh. So <laughs> if, I the, if the work is boring, right. then it's hard to do, but that's for everybody to a certain extent. Right. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Nobody wants to do anything that's boring. I mean, everybody has to clean toilets. Like my friend says. Unless you have <laughs> money. <laughs> so eight, let's go to eights. Eights are a protective challenger. That's what I've taken on as a title, protective challenger. They are assertive, self-confident, intense, big-hearted people. In men, they are often praised as passionate, but women can be called bossy or mm, argumentative. This is one of these interesting, yeah. like there's a dichotomy between men and women who are eights. Mm-hmm. So female there? eights have a harder time. They're often told to stop being themselves. I'm going to start to get the rage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll be right there with you for that. Yeah. So eights also really care about justice and they will stand up for the weak. Um, they often even identify with being vulnerable and weak in some way. And that's where all their, their behavior is coming from. So their core fear is actually being weak or vulnerable. They are avoiding being seen as vulnerable and they generally see the world as unsafe and they're not safe in it. So that's why they have such a big presence oh, wow. in order to protect themselves. Their desire is, their core desire is to protect themselves and protect those closest to them. And so they'll come off very strong for self-defense, essentially. Yeah. And they also really struggle with trusting other people because oftentimes that trust has been broken for them. Mm-hmm. And so that's where they're overcompensating in some way. So the core weakness for an eight is lust or excess. They have a constant desire for more power, more passion, more from mm-hmm. other people. So it's not necessarily um, the greed of the five it's almost more of the taking from others. Like I'm going to come and I'm going to conquer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, yes. They, they walk into the room and, and really feel like everything is about them in the room when they mm-hmm. come in. But they do see like when they're healthy, they can see this possibility of bringing goodness into the world and changing the world for mm-hmm. these injustices. Similar to a one, um, they're just going to do it very differently than a mm-hmm. one would do it. And eight will be the voice. They will be the one standing up for the poor, standing up for the oppressed. Some people think Martin Luther King Jr. might have been an eight, just his ability to walk into a room. And That's what I had room. written down. Yeah. So I have a two-part question. One is, is there an age, or you just like you are, that you could take this test and see? And the reason I'm saying that is because when I took this, Lily was very interested. And when she took it, she was, I don't even know, like 98, 99% an eight makes mm-hmm. complete sense to me mm-hmm. I just don't know does that change over time or is that probably what she is that's a good question how old is she again she's 11 like 11 okay yeah uh she might be too young she's still discovering I mean, she's 32 herself. actually yeah she's <laughs> serious like for real like so well, and some I mean, people do know themselves at a young age like she knows I wouldn't she know. just she's so outspoken mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. and things like that I'm like what yeah like I thought my throat chakra was open this girl like Mm -hmm. drops right you know she just she has taken on a passion for pride and for the gay Mm -hmm. community Mm -hmm. like I'm like 
I, I, had, I was telling Sarah, I had to question, have a question or conversation with her. I was like, do we need to like talk about something? How are you feeling? She's like, no, mom. She was like, I'm standing up for the people who need it. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Or um, yeah. lives matter. Like all of those things are extremely important to her. And I don't know if she knows exactly why. Like I, I'm, I'm like really trying to um, sway her to do a little bit more research because her heart just screams like I am going to speak up and mm-hmm. speak out. Yeah. These people, right. Whether how much she knows or not, it's like almost like just intrinsic. I've taught many children over yeah. you know the 19 years, and I've never really met a kid like that. She's just really. I've never met a kid like Lily. Yeah, I, she she's, is very much her own. Yeah, in a good way. I don't want that to come up. No, out, no, like she really is, way. and she's just. I don't know. She is everything that I read about an eight, and so it makes sense to me. I just yeah. Well, I'm. I do think that people are really born in their type. Like yeah. this is my personal opinion. I have nephews that are identical twins, mm-hmm. and they're not the same. I mean, they're oh. they look the same. Yeah. They have the same family background you know they've been raised in the same family they're not the same same. dna (laughs) yeah exactly they're the same in every other way but they have different personalities and i just i think that we are born with our own personalities yeah and we are going to interpret the world differently too because of that and so i do think that each child has their own type i think we also are there's a lot of formation happening on going on too and Mm. that's where i give pause i mean I think if a child knows themselves, they know themselves and there will be exceptions to the fact that some kids don't. It'll be interesting to see what happens over the next seven, eight years with her. Yeah. What her adolescence looks like, what changes might happen. I would say with someone- She plans on taking over the world, so I don't know. Yeah. Absolutely. She became class president when it wasn't even like a thing that the teachers. Oh, nice. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I love that. Oh no. That's but awesome. at the same time, at the same time, she decided that the runner up was going to be her co-president because she just was like, it's fair that way, mom. Okay. And I was like, she's like, but I'm in charge. <laughs> oh my gosh. That child. That is so cute. Yeah, she's I love great. that. Fascinating. That's so good. Eights are often, I don't know if I said this, they can be really combative, like argumentative yes. um, and can confuse connection with conflicts or like they are in conflict with someone and think we're like really getting along and the other person's shying away, like what is happening right now? <laughs> and, and the eight's like, this is great. We're actually having a conversation. So it's like a different way of living in the world. So it sounds, I mean, I don't no, know if she That argues. makes complete yeah. sense to me. And here's why is that she she communicated with her dad like that and that's how they bonded okay Mm -hmm. so she started doing that with mike and i was like like why are you fighting why are you what is happening and like later on she was like we were like deep mom like that was like conversation like we were real and i was like i'm so freaking uncomfortable like this (laughs) is terrible yes yeah yes. I've heard eight say like they walk away and they think everything's fine the other person's upset and yeah. they're just like why what that was awesome <laughs> that was so. great that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so if an eight is talking to a nine they're gonna have issues so we'll just move on and then we'll talk yeah. more about yeah, this let's really hear about fun. a nine so a nine is called the peaceful mediator and a nine's core fear is actually conflict so if uh. an eight is are behaving that way with a nine <laughs> nine is just going to check out of the conversation so nines are super thoughtful reassuring receptive and accommodating people Aww, um, they lovely. are mm-hmm. they desire to be at peace internally like they desire internal peace 
and we'll do whatever it takes in order to have that. So they will avoid all conflict. They're called like they the will... peacemaker, right? Yes. Yes. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, they actually are, they have trouble actually like going out into the world to create peace. Hmm. They're focused so much on their own peace okay. that they, they come across incredibly peaceful um, but are often really struggling actually inside. They're really empathetic. They can often identify with all nine types of the Enneagram. <laughs> and I've actually seen in tests where they each, like, I can't remember what it was, but I think there was like five or six types that were all at 66%. <laughs> like, I mean, that was their highest score and all of them were the same. And I was like, I think you're a nine. And yeah, we went through it and they are. And it was, it's just this, this ability to kind of enmesh in order to keep the peace. So they may, you may think that they are absolutely agreeing with everything that you're saying because they are in the moment, but they might walk away and go, I don't think that I don't feel that way. Yeah. Uh, But they're doing that in order to keep peace with you. Hmm make sure everything's okay so the core weakness for a nine is sloth it is disconnecting from their passion in order to be okay so they numb a lot they'll numb out with whatever it is they'll numb out with bless you was that a sneeze yeah i'm sorry everyone i (laughs) couldn't oh my god i'm sorry no you're okay so they bless you thank you bless you you're blessed all right so they will numb out in order to avoid mm, tension yeah. and avoid that conflict inside. They often also fear expressing themselves because they're afraid of bringing something different into the room and afraid it will create tension. So they often pull away from the world, feeling like the world is a terrible place and they'll just kind of hide from it when they're not doing very well. Yeah. You know, this isn't always, a lot of these descriptions, is, this is average or you know unhealthy is this extreme when a nine does find more of their voice, so they discover their own voice, they can be great peaceful mediators. They can mediate conversations for others. They can keep a sense of balance and peace in, in a conversation and really desire true relationship. They desire this authentic connection, but they also just struggle with when it gets hard. So those hmm. are the nine types. That's so, so fascinating. Yeah, it's so fascinating. So, I had a couple of questions. Yes, please. So is this a good benchmark to use to find your people and to find your like life partner? Do you oh, think? interesting. So I think there are types that meld well together and there are types that will have more trouble, but I don't think you can look at two T people together and say, okay, that's never going to work or mm-hmm. that can't be a relationship. I think that a lot of it has to do with how healthy someone is. Mm-hmm, that's true. So yeah. how, if we yeah. are pursuing health, if we're pursuing growth, like I think most combinations can work. It's when one person or both, you know, type start to dive and just really struggle that any struggle is going to happen in any relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes people want to know for sure, like, okay, I took this quiz and now I know that this is going to be my partner. Like yeah. when we were teenagers and we used to take like <laughs> the, the teen, 17 yeah, or yeah. the teen magazine, mm-hmm. like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think we're all desiring that certainty. Um, yeah. Six was especially, I want to know that this is going to be okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it, relationships just, I mean, things happen. Life is so uncertain in so many yeah, ways. Yeah. It really um, is. It's, like the goal is my own personal health, my own you know right. personal growth. 
And I think for that, the Enneagram is an amazing tool because there's all these markers that can say, okay, I'm really veering off course here. I'm really struggling and I need to spend some time figuring out why. And these core motivations, this is why oftentimes, like I'm feeling like there's something wrong Mm -hmm. with me right now. And so I'm going to wallow in that. (laughs) It's my four talking. I'm not going to talk for someone else, but these negative behavior patterns just come out all of these core motivations. And so when we become more aware of that, then we can start to start seeking different ways of being in the world and seeking growth rather than this repetitive behavior that we're always going to turn back to right? because this is just sort of who we are. I found it to be interesting that a seven is my growth, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's who I ended up pairing up with. Like, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, actually. And when when he's annoying me, it's because of my my one stuff of like the mm. not the healthy stuff, the, right? Right. And I'm yeah. So it's like it's interesting because I'm like I can't possibly go there when I'm not feeling healthy in my oneness. In your oneness, my oneness. But I was gonna say I feel like in terms of friends or relationships or just people, like there is people that you are drawn to. There are people you are drawn to. Mm-hmm in terms of their personalities, just without even knowing what they are. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. Right. What they are. Why yeah. that, why they were driving you crazy or why it just worked. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And there's certain like core values. I mean, I haven't gone, you can't go into everything in an hour. Sure. But there's certain core values that one type will hold that the other one just really absolutely doesn't care about. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to clash. There are things that are going to clash between different types and that will be trouble. Like you can actually go on enneagraminstitute.com and they have a list of all of the different pairings. Like you can click on a yeah. type and you can oh, click on I've the other that. type mm-hmm. and you can see what's you know, kind of predictive where you might have issues down the road. Mm-hmm. And I've been married to my husband for 16 years and I read it recently. He's a nine and it was spot on things that I maybe wouldn't even admit, but oh, it's yeah. absolutely true. Like um, tells you also that, how to love a one yes. and how to love a four and yeah. like how to make them feel, you know, how to, how they need not need to be, but like how they feel loved. Yeah. Like their love language. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Without using the the love language book or source or anything. Yeah, they absolutely do. And and what it is that they're most longing for longing to hear is going to be different for each type too. Wow. That is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. I need to do more research. I'm excited about this. It's really interesting. And the more you dig into it and then the more you figure out about people, I've also found that I have more compassionate towards more compassion towards people. Mm-hmm. Once I realize what they are, the the things that are negative and positive about that number and where they're at in terms of that, it just, it just makes you have a whole nother like idea of there's a reason behind mm-hmm. these behaviors. Right. Right. Yes. Different Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. <laughs> now I'm forgetting what the three, <gasps> the achiever, the, oh, the they're achiever. the ones that post the stuff that I complained about on our bonus <laughs> episode. Anyways, the achiever. <laughs> And what's interesting, I just think you're frustrated with that. I'll just throw this out there. I, people often say that the U.S. is an achieving society. We're a three society. Yeah. Like, this is the goal. Like, And yeah, so threes have a really hard time because they are awarded and applauded for yeah. their default behavior, yes. which actually hurts them. And it just affirms that they yes. have, to be, have to be the best yeah. in order to be accepted. Or do anything you can to reach your goal. Step yes, on whatever. Absolutely. Whoever. Absolutely. 
there is they don't have that moral compass they don't there isn't the concern about the right and wrong yeah whereas the perfectionist the one has that more the so there's a difference there between the one and the three yeah three is just going to do whatever it takes to be the best that's probably why they irritate that's why they irritate me that would be why and anyone who doesn't have that moral compass and doesn't understand injustice just like twitch i just am like what is wrong (laughs) with you yeah oh i just don't know how people can't see it so yeah it's it's just interesting to learn more about myself i have done so much work over Mm -hmm. the past i don't even know how many years and this specifically since got passed i've had more time and ability and space to do the work yeah um, that that perfectionism, that part of it is not really, it's not, I'm not gonna say it's not there, but I've been able to like work on that. And to the point where I like, I roll with things in a way that I just yeah. never did. Um, I say it a lot. I'm like, Scott would love this person I am now. I just go with it. If I mess something up, I'm like, that sucks. We're like, here's a quick story. One time we went to the the movie festival in Utah, Sundance. Mm-hmm. And we were going to one of the theaters that was like out further. And so we had to drive there and I forgot the tickets. And I mm. literally looked at him and I was like, I'm opening this door and flying out now. Like, I was like, oh was like, my what? gosh. Amy. I was like, I was like, I am the most biggest mess up in all the world. I can't believe I forgot the tickets. Like, Aww. and now when I think about that, I'm like, what? you know I mean and I would do the same thing if I didn't get an A plus like I had to have a hundred percent or else I was like life was over as I knew it I have found this place where I can live where things are not perfect and I don't know if it's because life experiences there's so many things that have happened that have been imperfect Mm -hmm. or worse than that that I'm just like well we're not going to be perfect so I think that when I'm healthy, when I'm really working towards it, when I'm mm-hmm. trying, I don't recognize myself so much in those descriptions as I used to. I really used to be that person. And I'm sure it was like horribly annoying. <laughs> I'm sure it was because it irritates me when I see an unhealthy one and I interact mm-hmm. with them. I'm like, oh, like well, yeah. everything comes up. I'm just like, whoa, you know? And so, cause mm-hmm. I see myself and I see that person and I'm just like, don't jump out of the car. Okay. Oh. But yeah, that's like that's like the example that pops to my mind because yeah. yeah. Scott, he was like, what? Who cares? Yeah. For $20 tickets. We'll go do something else. Right. And I was like, I just, oh the my worst gosh. Person on the planet. No. Oh my goodness. But you know what I mean? Like that's yeah, and, and that, that was, was probably like, I don't understand what you're no, saying. No, he was like, he's like, he's like, huh? He's like, this is ridiculous. Come down. <laughs> so that, and if we think about it, that's like what, 12, 13, I don't know. That's more like 15 years ago. So I've mm-hmm. done a lot of work. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. And that's the other thing that I think is great about this is the sooner you find out, the more you can like chip away. Yeah. Yeah. But tra- correct me if I'm wrong. You can go back to that. Well, yeah, that's true. In times of stress, I just want to like go like this and control everything again. Sure. Yes. You'll, you might just go back to using the, the things you did before. Yeah, I mean, we all can do that. And we can all, unfortunately, just have times where we're just unhealthy and sink into yeah. whatever coping mechanisms we used to use right. when we're, you know. I'm having this flashback of memories now because I'm thinking like what has really encompassed me as a four. Mm-hmm. So there's actually certain music that I freaking love, but I can't listen to because it'll put me in a place of such melancholy Mm. that I will stay there sometimes. So when I was a freshman in college, Mm. I, I love Ben Folds Five and 
there's this album of theirs, the unauthorized biography of Reinhold Messner is what it's called. It's a really long Mm -hmm. title, but it is a very kind of a sadder album. And so I would listen to that over and over again. And I didn't leave my dorm room for like weeks. I would go to class sometimes and then come back and I would just listen to it with the lights off the curtains drawn and like stay in bed. Wow. Like in such a, yeah, it was my friends that were like, um, no. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. You're getting out. We're not listening to this anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's so weird that just the melancholy I didn't know about until today, Mm. but it makes perfect sense. Dang. Yeah. And fours often just kind of revel in that melancholy as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you experienced that, especially if they're not healthy. Like if it's a, a bad, like when I was a teenager, I was dealing with a lot of depression Mm -hmm. and just just really struggled. And I have similar stories of um, listening to the Les Mis soundtrack and just falling through the entire thing. And I look back and I'm like, that was not okay. (laughs) But it it felt good. Like it was like, this is where I need to be right now. Yes. And it was sort of a release, but at the same time, I was just enjoying being in that sadness. And like, There are t- I can't really listen to Les Mis as much anymore. Like it bring it reminds me of that depression mm-hmm, in a way right, that right. is hard. This is that conversation, what you just brought up. It just kind of reminds me of like when we go back with our families of origin, like for holidays or whatnot, yeah. and we start acting like we used to. And it's like, why are yes. we doing this? I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but I think there are definitely times where we're triggered into acting like our more immature self. Yeah. And maybe we just haven't learned how to deal with that situation in a new way yet. It's interesting because of one's like stress time or whatever is a four. And, and so as soon as you guys talked about that, immediately a memory popped up when I was in middle school. Same thing. I think we were all a little melancholy when we were younger. Sure. But um, it was the 90s. <laughs> oh. Doors. <laughs> you remember the double disc Doors album? I don't even know if it was like greatest. I don't know what it was. That's like a four hour, five, mm-hmm. I don't even know hour album. And I would mm-hmm. just over and over and over. And then the end is a song that's like, I don't even know, seven or eight minutes. And I would just be like, just listening to it over and over and be like, yes, this is the end. The end. <laughs> I was 13. <laughs> It was the 90s. Oh God, I was maybe 14. I was so we were, I was so evolved, Sarah. We were all evolved <laughs> and full of angst. And oh. nobody understood us. No, no. So much angst. Yes, so, so much, much angst. angst. Oh boy, so much angst. Oh my gosh. That's a great word for I it. I love the 90s. Oh my gosh. Do you want to give a quick summary or whatever of what wings were are? I in, a, in oh, our yeah. in my little survey on Instagram, a lot of people knew their wings. So I think when people hear that, they're not sure, you know, what right. does that mean? So the wing is the a number on either side of this of your number on the circle. So for a one, that's a nine or a two. For okay. a two, that's a one or a three. So if you just kind of go around the circle, uh-huh. it's one of the numbers next. And it's whichever one is more dominant, you would call your wing. I don't know. You could have, if you're a four like me, like the five could be your wing and it might be the fourth one on your list of okay. percentages. Okay. Um, but it's just, if that, if the five is more dominant than the three, okay. then that's your wing. Now, some people believe that you use one wing for the first half of your life and then you develop the other one what? in your other Whoa. half. Whoa. Some people 
you know, use both wings with the same strength and other people don't really use their wings. So it just kind of is different for each type, each person, I mean. And I love that because we're not nailing someone down. I I like to think of it as like a color wheel. You and I might both be green, but I'm a sage green and you're a forest green. And we're different, but we have similarities. Um, So beautiful. It is. And that way, and that way, I think it's so different from so many other type typing systems where they just say, you are an INFJ and that can, you can't be anything else. You can't have the P characteristic. You can't have the, you can't be both an extrovert and an introvert, but within the Enneagram, there's that movement and there's that growth that happens. Yeah. Just like there's the growth across those, across those lines. So do you feel like you said you had battled depression, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like having this knowledge has helped you with that battle? Do you still struggle with it or is it something that you've kind of gotten under control? I think for a four, most fours are going to deal with some Mm -hmm. sense of melancholy, like their entire (laughs) life. Full disclosure, like I take antidepressants. Mm-hmm. I don't think I do well without them. Whenever I've tried to go off of them as a parent, it has not mm-hmm. gone well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just stressed or, you know, stretched. That's the word I'm going to use. I think that these struggles, these fears will follow me, but there are, I do so much better when I can recognize what's going on. Yeah. And when I'm in a Name place it. like, and I can stop. So I try to create this little acronym. Other people have other ones, but just for me, it's stop, like stop what's going on. I'm spiraling. I can, I can recognize it mm-hmm. when I'm starting to just fall apart and just take note of what's happening and start observing what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so my S is stop. And then T is take note, what's going on, what's happening around me. What's what triggered this? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it's like, there's a trigger. You could use right. T for trigger, I suppose too. And then, Oh, like observe. What's the story I tell myself right now? Oh my like, gosh, what is the message? Yeah. Brene Brown talks about that. I've heard it in so mm-hmm. many settings. Yeah. It's such a good question. Like what story am I telling myself? What's the, the message that's on repeat in my head right now? And then P, pivot, like, okay, so what can I do differently? What can I yeah. start saying to myself? Oftentimes for me, that will look like showing myself self-compassion. Mm. Like this is really tough. Yeah. This circumstance right now is really hard and you're struggling because it's hard. And just starting to speak kindly to yourself over when that starts to happen. And then also maybe I need to take some self-care. Maybe I need some time. How can I carve that out today? Not later, but carve out some rest, carve out some exercise, you know, whatever it is that I need at that time that helped so much being able to, I love that. That's that's really helpful. And it's, it's quick and it's easy. We kind of went through those steps of identifying those things together once a week, but just being able to do it in the moment it's so powerful Mm -hmm. um and then if you can even like take time to name your feelings i've learned recently for those of us who are feelers and empaths to recognize that feeling and to name it will actually go such a long way to get through it rather than to get stuck in it i don't know if you've experienced that oh we have uh, that is sarah and i to a t no matter you know she's a four i'm a one we are both empaths and we're both stuck in our feelings and if we don't that's that was i think the biggest purpose of our podcast was to name it mm-hmm. and to say it out loud for people who can't name it and say it out loud, mm-hmm. because sure. once you speak it into existence, it's less, it's just less big. It's less scary. It's less, less terrifying. Less terrifying. <laughs> oh, it doesn't yes. have the power that right. it has in your brain by yourself. 
So yeah, I being think, able to label it. Yeah. yeah. So, so knowing the Enneagram and knowing the details of what your personality is, then you can understand yourself better and not be so wondering all of the negatives of all the, you know, different types yeah. for me, it would be wondering what's wrong with me. Right. And, you know, like, well, and, and then the, and then having the self-compassion, like she said, and yeah, would be the positive for yes. me mm-hmm. as a one, I go to pull your shit together. Yeah, sure. Get mm-hmm. it done. And like, don't be such, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now, and now as I've like a, trying to grow in that, I, I do try to do some compassion and self-care. I try, but immediately what I want to go to is what is wrong with you? Like yeah. just fix it yeah. and do it and be better. God, Amy, geez, why can't you just fix everything better? (laughs) But yeah, I think the self-compassion and like really trying to give yourself some grace. Yes, absolutely. So hard to do. Yeah. It's been something though that I've been working on for like a year and Mm -hmm. it's going, it's going, it's going getting there. It's getting there. (laughs) And this is quite the year to work on it. Right. Yeah. Oh my word. Such a year of growth. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Leah, what do you offer? your clients. So anybody who's starting out with me, I encourage them to um, take the course, which is just discovering you. Um, if you need to identify your type, I can also do a typing session. Uh, but the course is five sessions and it's five sessions of diving deep into your type and discovering more of this because there is really so much more. There are those uh, messages that we take on. There are pointers for like, what does health look like? How can we get there? And the more aware we are, the more we can use that stop acronym, the more we can right. um, yeah. grow and become and, and change things. It's because do different really- personality types, uh, do different like numbers or whatever, do they have different coping mechanisms that would work for them? Is that what you're saying? Like when you work with them? Yes. I think there are things that can work for everybody, but I think there are like a, a seven who is is seeking after the joy and the happiness all the time is going to be so different from a four yeah. seeking the melancholy yeah. like we're just going to approach things differently <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's interesting how how similar we are at the same time so there are certain um tools that i will give everybody at first and then we go a little further um and then after the five sessions are done we can go further kind of like counseling we're not counseling. I'm not a counselor in that we're going to look through the past and say, what did your mother do? What message did that take on? But really more like, what lens are you viewing the world through because mm. you're a two? Wow. Oh, like, man. Why so are you cool. interpreting? Like, why are you interpreting what that person said that way? Could it be because you believe this about yourself? Like, what if that's not true? What if, you know, what if there's more? So there's a lot of um, ways we can look at life today and, and what could change just by, you know, kind of considering how we are viewing the world as our type. Hmm. Oh man. This is so cool. I'm so glad we got to dive into this because I am too. I just didn't have a lot of knowledge. This is even more than I've ever had. So you have a website, right? That we can link. I do. So my website is leaheverson.com. Okay. And so it's just my name. Um, and right now I hope to have it fixed. <laughs> I'm having a little bit of technical <laughs> issue. Right. But if you do sign up just to, to be alerted once the website's up or if it's already up when you hear this, you can sign up to receive just a little PDF that has all of the different types and you can kind of go through the characteristics and motivations and sort of help you find your own type if you don't know it. Um, that's just a little freebie I have on there. And then you can also hear from me. I also offer just free consultations for coaching. So if you're curious of what it might look like for you, 
what your needs are, we can just chat for 30 minutes. Like no big deal. No, no pay or anything for that. Like, we'll just talk about what it looks like um, and how it could benefit you. Awesome. You can also reach me on social media, just social media. My handle is at Leah D Everson. Yes, oh, man. This has thank been you. fantastic. Thank you so Good. much, Leah. Yes, thank you oh, so much for sharing your knowledge with us being so lovely. We, for everyone else, we had some technical issues to get started. So yes, thank we, you for being patient. Yeah. Thank you for being oh, patient. Absolutely. I can talk about this anytime. <laughs> no, <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate you having me oh, as well. This has yes. been a lot of fun. You know what I think would be really cool if you're into it? Um, mm-hmm. If we did a live show for our Patreon patrons Ooh, and absolutely. they can call in and kind of talk and ask a couple questions. Yeah. And you can give a little insight to that insight. Oh, I would love that. That would be a lot of fun. That cool. would be great. Yeah. yeah. That sounds awesome. All right. Thank you, Leah. You're thank welcome. You so much. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Production and editing for this podcast by Sarah Simone. Our theme song was written and produced by Vince Cassis and performed by Sarah Simone. If you have a topic around mental health that's been weighing on you, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. You can find lots of bonus content, including exclusive episodes on our Patreon at patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapistsinc. We are thankful beyond measure for your support there. Patreon and Apple podcast reviews are how we can continue to bring you episodes just like this. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Unqualified Therapist Sync. Until next week, warriors, remember, hold on, we're gonna make it.